What is up, guys? Combat Addict here. Uh, I apologize for not having put up the MMA podcast for the past two weeks. Um, I don't know what's gone on. I just, uh, I mean, I have got stuff that we could talk about, but I just feel almost like uh, unmotivated to watch uh, MMA. It's it's really strange. I don't know what's going on right now, but um, you know, I I uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, try to do uh, that that podcast probably tomorrow and on Wednesday just to make up for for the lost time that we had there. But uh, or maybe not. Maybe I'll just do a. Uh, do one on on the Wednesday because you know you, you only have a limited amount of stuff to talk about, right? But uh, yeah, no that that podcast has definitely not been getting the attention that it deserves, so I apologize for that. Uh, my mouth does the talking. We always we always do that. This is always a uh, a treat, you know, a pleasure to do. So we, we we're back with the my mouth does the talking, and uh, we're gonna. Probably make another just general YouTube video. Probably a prediction for Izzy versus Costa. I'm going to try to get that done in the next like week and a half or so. Uh, and I'll probably put that out uh, next week. Like uh, a week and probably two days from now. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, this podcast today, though, like I, I th there's really not that much uh, to talk about. Of course, there is some stuff to talk about that I do want to get into. Um, it's probably going to be an hour long because uh, I always say that it's not going to be an hour long, and then it is. So <laughs> we're gonna see what happens. In any case, man, <clears throat> we're here. It's the Combat Addict. I'm alive. I got a new haircut. You know. As you can see, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's not horrible, but it's not great either. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, I cut this myself because in the middle of the pandemic, there were no barbershops open, right? And I actually had grown my hair out for two years. I had twists at one point. I really should have taken more pictures with that hair because... That is a part of my life that I'm probably never going to revisit with respect to my style. And it would have been interesting to be able to show people what it had looked like. But, you know, I deleted my my old Instagram. So the photos of that are just gone. You know what I mean? You're probably never going to see me with twists again. But anyways, I had grown out my hair for two years. And that was just a process of, I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But jeez, man, it was really hell for a long time. It, it sucked. It really did suck. So... Um, just because my hair is really super curly. I mean, if, if you're looking at it on YouTube, uh, if you're not listening on uh, the Apple podcast or the Spotify co uh, podcast, you can see that, uh, it's, it's just, it's just really dense. You know what I mean? Even this like little, this little like spot here, this is like, because the hair is so curly that it's just balled up. And I had, br I brushed my hair this morning, but I didn't comb through the top. So there's still some, 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 uh, little little knots in there that I would need to comb out. Uh, but um, anyways, man, to actually to actually get my hair straightened out, to comb it with an Afro pick or whatever, like I, I really got to, you know, get in there and like pull it up and out so that the, the hair uncurls and straightens. And so uh, especially in like the sweet spots, the sweet zones, like here on my, on, on my neck, like behind my ear, it's real painful, man. It's very painful. And so for two years, I grew my hair out 
And it was nice. I had cornrows at one point in time. I love cornrows. They feel great. They look great. I had twists. Those were nice too. The only thing that kind of sucked about it was that you couldn't really like scratch your head. Like if you ever had an itch and you'd have an itch often because really, I mean, like what you've done is is braided your hair or whatever with like oil or, or whatever else. And, and you can't really wash it every day. I mean, you can wash it, but you can't, you can't wash it like four times a week or else it'll just look like a mess, right? So if it's the middle of the summer and you sweat or you go do physical activity or whatever, you just kind of got to deal with whatever, <clears throat> with whatever, you know, itchiness you, you feel as a result of that. You know what I mean? Like your, 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 your scalp is being tugged at from every single angle and you can't really touch it. So that was kind of annoying, but it was cool, man. Uh, however, in response to all that, you know, combing my hair and uh, dealing with the pain and, and, you know, not being able to scratch my head and sleeping with the do-rag and all that, when I cut my hair finally a year ago, I was like, never again. Like, I'm never growing my hair out ever again. And I'm so dead serious. I will never have long hair again. Bald fade till I die. I do not care. I am so finished. Like, it just feels so good to have like bare skin on the back of my neck. It's just, it's just nice. And that's honestly why I grew my hair out when I did, because I thought to myself, if I don't grow my hair now, I'm never going to do it. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's my hair. I should at least know what it's like to have, you know, you know, a different kind of hairstyle. Cause I've just had short hair for my entire life. Right. So anyways, man, uh, but no barbershops were open and I have committed to never growing my hair out again. So I got uh, a wall buzzer off of Amazon for like 60 bucks and it came in and it's actually really nice. It's a really good buzzer. I mean, the thing is like, it is high quality. Um, so shout out to wall anyways, man. Uh, I bought that buzzer and then like a month later, two months later, uh, everyone was like, ha ha, barbershops are open again. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the kind of guy like, look, I spent 60 bucks on this buzzer. I'm learning how to cut my own hair. I don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> I could go to a barber and throw 20 bucks at them and ask them to cut my hair for me, but not now. Okay. It's too late. I'm not going back. Okay. I, I I'm not going back. I, I, I have put too much effort into this even though I don't look the greatest I will become good at it and I will just cut my own hair from now on because look man I put 60 bucks into that damn razor I better get at least three haircuts out of it you know what I mean this is I think the second or third one so technically I've gotten my money's worth at this point I could probably go back to the barber and it really isn't like I lost anything but no <laughs> I've got this buzzer, goddammit, and I'm going to use it. And that is honestly how I feel about so many things when it comes to, like, if you put time or money or effort into something, even if you don't need that thing anymore, or even if you're, like, not really, like, you could, there's an alternative, you still use or participate in the thing that you spent effort and time in, because I'm sorry, I'm just not wasting all of the time that I spent earning 60 bucks and then spending it on this razor, this buzzer, to just not use it. I'm not doing that. So, uh, 
So I cut my own hair, and uh, if it looks like garbage, you guys can let me know in the comments. I don't think it looks like absolute garbage. I think this side looks a little bit... Oh my god, it's all reversed because it's a uh, like YouTube camera. Uh, I think that this side is a little bit worse than this side. I'm sure that you can clearly see that. But from the front, I mean, it just looks like I'm a dude. So that is perfect, right? That's good. Um, First thing... I want to talk about today. Uh, I'm sure that, I mean, honestly, we should probably just talk about the most, ah, no, you know what? Let's start with something light. Yeah, let's start with something light. Okay. Sitting still is probably really hard for a lot of individuals, myself included. Sitting still for me is not something that I can do very easily. Uh, and I find that especially when I'm reading, I mean, if you haven't even noticed me moving around while I'm actually talking right now. Uh, but like what I'm reading, for example, I, I just move and touch my hands and my face and the back of my neck and, and all, all kinds of parts of my body. And it's really, really sort of ridiculous in the sense that it actually makes it harder to read or focus or concentrate when I do that. And I, and I imagine that there are some other people out there who also deal with this. And if you are one of those people, can I just say that honestly, what you have to do, at least this is what I do. I don't know if you've got ADD or something. You probably have it worse than me, right? But this is what I do. You've got to commit to like, like, like you have to mentally say, okay, I am going to be a statue. Like, I am not going to move a muscle. I'm not going to chew while I'm reading or concentrating. I'm not going to listen to music. I'm not going to do anything. I am just going to focus solely on this thing and not move an inch. I'm talking like you have to sit like a statue. And that, I have found, is the best and most effective way to get any sort of, like, reading done or if you're trying to focus on something you're trying to listen to somebody talk, you just have to completely stop all body movement. I'm talking like your fingers even. I don't even want you to like scratch your knuckles. You have to like put your hands together like this, slam them down in your lap and just not move at all. So quick tidbit, you want to try that? I advise you try it um, just because it is what I have done and it helped me. Um, should we get into that now? I don't know. There are a couple of things that we can get into, but I'm not sure if we should get into them. All right. So this is like an idea and I wasn't sure how to go about talking about it. Um, but this is like, so the last time I checked in Belarus, there is a, a, a dictator rigging the hell out of elections and locking up political opponents and stuff like that. And it started to make me think about rebel forces. And like what it would take for you to join a rebel force because truly a rebel force when you think about it is like if if me and you 
and like three of our friends were just sick of the government. That's what a rebel force like actually is. I mean, of course, there are rebel forces that are more organized, uh, like, uh, what is it, FARC in Colombia? I don't even know if they still exist. Um, but they're, they're, they're just people who were like, okay, um, we've got a dictator, and we don't like that, so we're going to overthrow them now. And that, to me, is insane, because I just wonder how many people... In, in Canada or America, for example. Like, let's say, because in the, in the States right now, Donald Trump is doing things like making it harder for people to use mail-in ballots. Um, now, while not everybody agrees about whether or not mail-in ballots can, you know, lead to fraud or not, uh, it seems that the, the, the popular belief is that it, it doesn't lead to fraud. Uh, but I have heard like little tidbits of people who are on the right saying that it does. Uh, and to be honest, at that point, it just makes you wonder what is true. But uh, I'm going to go with the idea that it does not you know, lead to fraud. Okay. Uh, just because it seems that that is what the majority of people are reporting. That could totally be wrong. And we could just be living in a leftist society. And that's why that's what's being reported. But I don't know. Okay. Say that it is not true that it would lead to fraud, right? Donald Trump is actively trying to make the, the, the act of voting more difficult for citizens. And let's say he's doing that specifically to citizens and in districts that he knows he will not get a vote. Okay? Let us say, for example... That five years from now, if Donald Trump wins in 2020, he is going to refuse to relinquish power. Okay? My question to you, Americans, or whatever, is, are you guys ready for the war? Like, would you be like these guys in Belarus, or like people who may be in Belarus who are thinking, okay, civil war time, it's time to, to join a rebel, a rebel force. Because looking at what's going on in the world, I'm realizing that, it, like, very quickly, it can go from completely democratic and and uh, controlled to, like, authoritarian rule, right? Or at least that's what's happening in Belarus. So, like, regular people like you and me would be responsible then for either living under the reign of a dictator... Or anteing up and literally getting ready to die for freedom. That is not something that I, I think people are really... Uh, I don't think people think about that. I don't think people think about the, the fact that... Like this thing, freedom, you can't take it for granted. You literally, at one point in time, one day, actually might have to completely let go of your civilian life and despite having or not having training, fight against a government. Probably not going to happen to us with the, with the structures that we have in place. But in other countries, like this is something that people have to do. They're, like people in Belarus, I'm sure that there's a rebel force. 
or people who are who are starting a rebel force at this point. And I'm sure that like before that was not something that like people thought they had to to join or be a part of. How do you do that? How do you go from being a, a regular civil democratic citizen to okay, well now I'm training myself how to use a gun so that I can shoot it against government police? Could you do that? And and like my main question was like, are you ready to die? Cuz I've realized that like a lot of people who do that or who are fighting against the government have literally already accepted that they are not going to see the free state that they're fighting for. Like straight up kamikaze pilot style. And that's pretty wild that humans even do that. Because the truth of the matter is, like, if you think about it, the smart thing to do, or the or the or the least painful thing to do, unfortunately, would be to live under the rule of the dictator. Because at least that way you don't die. But there's something about people where they're it's like they don't even care. Like it it doesn't even matter that that would be the thing to do. Because me as well, like I wouldn't just live under the rule of the dictator. Which makes no sense. Because if we're going to talk about it in terms of survival, like you're probably going to die if you join a rebel force to fight a dictatorial, uh, a, dict a, a dictatorial government. You know you're probably not going to make it to see the free state, but you do it anyways. And I guess this is what people say, like when the, it's like, like you can kill people, but ideas live on. Because really the rebel force is not the people who comprise the force. The rebel force is, is, is the, is the set of beliefs and desires for freedom. The people of that rebel force are just like the enactors or the, the utensils the tools that actually go out and try to secure that freedom. And that is when I think of humans less as just humans species and like they're collectively an organism because it has a, it has a brain like, okay, a rebel force has a brain. It has functions. It has appendages. If you think about it in terms of what it achieves, if a rebel force is an organization and they successfully overthrow the government, we don't say like such and such person overthrew the government. It's the actual rebel force <laughs> that did that. It's this thing that you, you can't even point to that did it. The only thing that you could suggest is that this group of people are all in the same headspace and operate as a whole. So, and I, I understand that I probably sound like I'm just rambling at this point in time, but I feel like I'm trying to nail down like this intangible thing that connects people. If you could visually represent it 
it would be almost something like wafts of aura leaping out of people's, you know, heads, like just light, like beaming out of their heads and all coalescing in, 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 in one area, no matter where they go. Like if, if, if an idea could be an actual thing that we just can't see, like say ideas are actual things but humans are not capable of seeing things. I almost view organizations like that as like a giant ball of aura. Like imagine the spirit ball, the spirit bomb from Dragon Ball Z, but the but the energy from each of the organisms is specific to the people who have the same idea and it's more of like a strand rather than particles. That's kind of like what I see when I think about it. And that is what I, I feel like the human organism actually is. Because it's interesting, man, when you, when you, for example, as an individual, like you can articulate, you can articulate, uh, intelligent and specific thoughts by yourself. And at that moment, you're probably just doing and saying what you would do or say. But protests, for example, are examples of like almost mindless chanting. Like like when you when you hear it, it sounds it's like it's weird. It's almost unsettling. Like all of those people are no longer all people. They're something else entirely as a unit. When they're all saying uh, uh, you know, uh, no peace, no rest, no peace, no rest, no peace, no rest. And they just keep saying it over and over and over and over and over again. They don't look to me to be like a bunch of people. They become this amorphous blob. Like I feel their energy and it's almost like when humans come together, they create this, this, this thing that, that has no choice but to express its will in that simple repetitive motion. So I guess it would be something like this finger, for example, can do like a couple things that are really, really simple, right? That's all this finger can do. That is like, that is like one group of protesters who are a part of uh, a giant, a giant uh, mass protest, like the ones that we had around the world, which all of which collectively do something like this. And it's like, I'm sure that you all know exactly what I'm talking about, but I can't help but feel, and I, I honestly feel this, it, it, when I, when I hear it and when I see it, it honestly, it, it feels like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at or experiencing a completely different organism. 
Like I'm not looking at individual people. I'm looking at a like a proper organism independent of the people who are in it. Like people come together and form a an entirely new and different living thing and they they are connected on some intangible plane that they don't that they don't know they are. And this is, this is, honestly, I don't smoke weed, but this is like high thoughts. These are like those thoughts that you're trying to explain and you, they kind of make sense. You understand what it is that you're trying to say, but you can't really say it right. I just kind of, it's something that I sort of feel, but yeah, man, groups of protesters aren't groups of protesters. Like they are. For that day, a completely new and other organism. There's something else. They are literally thinking the same thing and saying the same thing in the same way over and over and over again, like a mantra. There is something about hearing that or participating in that that must physiologically change people. Or not physiologically, but like chemically change people. Or maybe is a chemical change a physiological change. Oh, man, I'm not a science student, but. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's weird. It's almost kind of scary because it's like for me, it's like almost spooky. Because it's like this this amorphous blob of 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 intent and intelligence just appears because a bunch of people stand in the same place. And what's interesting is that it's not the same if 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 there's just a crowd of people in an area doing different things. It's not the same at all. I do not get the same feeling at all. It's really weird. It's like it's like the like the human the humanity is reduced or or humanity in those 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 moments is reduced and generalized to create another thing that's existence is 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 really simply idea but i, I don't know it feels it feels like an organism sometimes man feels like I'm looking at a completely different living thing. Very strange. Anyways, man. This is just me trying to express ideas that uh, I vaguely have. Um, speaking of... Uh, the protests and everything like that. I had already made a video earlier this week about Jacob Blake. Now, I, I had come to the conclusion, I mean, if you want to watch the video, you can. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, uh, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Google Play, you can check out the video on uh, The Combat Addict, my YouTube channel. Basically, the point I had made was that this shooting was unjustified, or at the very least, unnecessary. But I do not 
I, I do not believe that I could conclude that it was racially motivated. Whether or not I feel that implicitly this cop valued Jacob Blake's life less uh, or, or, or uh, at, 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 attempted to detain him with less effort because he was black, whether or not I really believe that. I cannot prove that this cop is, you know, consciously racist or consciously hates black people. All I can conclude is that he didn't do his job. I don't believe he did his job. And that nobody really needed to be shot. Uh, nobody needed to be shot. The The shooting was, was uh, unjustified. The reason I had said that was because the cop had six Mississippi to tackle Jacob Blake from behind before he got to his car door. But instead, the cop opted to follow Jacob Blake with his gun drawn pointed directly at his back and waited for him to open the door to then shoot him. Now, look, I don't know what was going on through the cop's mind, but I'll tell you that it seems to me like the cop had decided before Jacob Blake even walked to the front of his vehicle, he was going to shoot him. Now, I don't know if he did that because he was black or if he subconsciously did it because he was black or whatever, but I know he had decided to shoot him before Jacob Blake even reached the front of his car, let alone the driver's side door. And for him to have made that decision, I believe is ridiculous because from what I saw in the two shots or the two clips of the video, there were three of these officers. They tased him apparently twice. At the time that I made the video, I, I had said they tased him once, but apparently they tased him twice. But they didn't make any attempt to physically apprehend him, all three of them at the same time from what I saw, with their body parts. Now, mind you, Jacob Blake at the time is unarmed. He does not have anything to fight back with but his hands. And he isn't fighting back. He's simply resisting arrest. If you as a police officer are not trained to subdue an unarmed civilian with two police officers there to help you, you have failed as a police officer. And you don't know how to do your job. Those police officers, I believe, now whether or not you want to charge them with, uh, with, 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 uh, with, with a criminal charge, that's something else we can talk about that later. But at the very least, there need to be consequences for all three of these officers. I don't believe that they should be on duty. Like, I don't believe that they should be allowed out. They, they, at the very least, need to be on desk duty because they clearly don't understand how to handle a situation outside in the field. There's three of you. There's three of you. And instead of physically apprehending this individual, you let him walk over to his car door. Like, what? Like, let me ask you something. For Let us say that Jacob Blake actually had a bomb in the front of his car. Let us say that. You mean to tell me that you cops would have let him walk around his car, open the door, and set off the bomb? Killing you and everyone else around? 
you have an opportunity to stop someone from becoming a threat, you take it. You don't wait for them to become a threat and then try to kill them. They failed as they failed as police officers. They failed as police officers and they need to be punished for that. I believe that you, there need to be consequences for taking the wrong action. The wrong action would be to let someone walk over to a designated area and then become a threat. I don't I don't know how anyone could disagree with that either. If you do, hey, throw something in the comments. Let me know why you think that that would not be the wrong thing to do. But I believe it is wrong to allow somebody to become an active threat when you have the ample opportunity to avoid that for for reasons. Okay, what reason do I believe that? As a police officer, you are to protect or serve, okay? Right? You're to protect or serve. That includes people who were criminals, people who aren't criminals, and even people who have warrants out for their arrest. It is not your job to exact vengeance on somebody who's got a warrant out for their arrest. You can't justify, oh, well, I let him walk around to the other side of his car because I wanted to shoot him because he's a bad guy. I don't give a damn what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. The judge is supposed to be doing that. Dealing out judgment. You don't get to do it because you've got a 9mm. So, so, um, even if the person is a criminal, it is your job to minimize the amount of damage that, that takes place. With that being said, for you to use a taser and then immediately pull out your gun to use lethal force before all three of you try to physically apprehend this individual, who, mind you guys, he's not even like physically, physically uh, intimidating, Jacob Blake. He looks like a very skinny, regular sized man. Like, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to apprehend this individual, especially if you're police officers and you're trained, which... Clearly you aren't because you let that happen. And if you are trained, then you're just incompetent. So, so my opinion is that irrespective of race or whatever, because we cannot prove, unfortunately, the nature of the situation makes it so that we can't really prove that this was a racial, racial thing. Okay. Even if you think or believe it in your heart. There's nothing you're going to tell me that's going to prove that, right? One thing that I can say, and that is definitely, I think, proved by just watching the tape and common sense facts, is that these police didn't do their job right. That This was wrong. It was wrong that this happened. No one needed to be shot. And they need to be punished for that. You can't let a situation boil over to the point where you use your gun and argue that, well, I had to use my gun because the situation boiled over. I mean, that's like walking into, that's like, that's, that's like, um, man, that's not right. You can't do that. That's like, um, uh, you know, going to work at a, at a, at a, at a, at a, a restaurant and seeing that um, uh, the uh, 
your 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 colleague had uh, left something on the stove, and that it was going to catch fire, and knowing that if it caught fire, that it, that it may burn down the restaurant, letting it catch fire, letting it burn part of the restaurant down, and then blaming your 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 colleague. I mean, not entirely the same because Jacob Blake is not the colleague of this police officer. But my point is, you can't see or for, or foresee a situation in which you are going to need to use lethal force, or or which in, in which you are going to be justified in using lethal force, and then be like, okay, I'm going to wait until I can use this. You should be trying not to use it. That is my opinion. You should be trying to do everything you can not to use lethal force, whether or not the person is a criminal or or is 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 a civilian. If you've got the opportunity to limit the use of lethal force, you take it. And they didn't take it. They had six full seconds, all three of them, 18 seconds in total, to stop a shooting. And they failed to take those those seconds. Now, all that being said, I mean, I, I I'm I'm upset about it. Definitely, I'm upset about it. But it's just it's really just annoying after a point. Um, anyways, all that being said, I have something that I need to say to to uh people generally and if you're watching or listening to this or watching this and you're a black person in the states i need you to hear this 100 for real okay whether or not you believe that uh you know there there's there's an uh, implicitly or or or, or uh, a, a racist system that exists whether or not you believe that people are actually you know trying to make life more difficult for minorities, one thing is true, okay? Psychological tests and studies have proven that people find the faces of other races, for example, more threatening than faces of their own race. Have proven that uh, resumes that are identical with different names and genders on them sent out have different response rates and gradings have proven that racial bias implicitly at the very least exists okay now it would be great if we could live in a society and in a world where nobody was racist and no racial bias existed and you weren't at more risk of being termed a threat uh, than other people. The problem is racial bias exists and there are people out there who refusing to accept that racial bias exists, bias exists are even more susceptible to racist bias, right? Implicit bias. If you acknowledge that implicit bias exists, the rational part of your brain will override your biases more easily. The problem is there are people out there who are in denial who do not want to accept that. And some of them might be, might be police officers. So young people, anybody who's being pulled over by the police, 
anybody who's being pulled over by somebody of a different race than you, but especially young black individuals with the stereotypes and the stigmas that are attached to you, you need to hear this. I don't care what ideally the world should be. What you need to understand is that you have to act better than the best behavior of the average citizen if you are not to be perceived as a threat. I'm not saying that it's your fault that you get shot or beaten or whatever because some cop with implicit bias or explicit bias hurts you. It is not your fault, okay? But we can't live in a world where, oh, well, you know, I should be able to do this, so I'm just going to do it and hope that I don't get shot. Look, man, no. Because when you get shot, it won't matter what should be. What matters is what is. And what is, is that there are people with racial bias who don't acknowledge it. Or who openly acknowledge it and are waiting for an opportunity for you to screw up. So I don't care if a police officer spits in your face or asks, to, um, asks you for your ID without the right to ask you for their ID or whatever. As soon as a police officer seems to be getting aggressive with you or more aggressive with you or more demanding with you, just comply. I don't care. I don't care if you didn't do anything wrong. I don't care if 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 they're not uh 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 paying attention to other people who are not the same race of you, race as you, just comply. Get somebody to film the interaction, explain why very calmly you don't believe that you should be being detained or should be being searched or whatever, okay? And make sure that somebody records the entire interaction if you can. But for the love of God, just stop resisting. Just don't resist. Because they don't care about your life that much. They don't care. Because they have it in their mind that, well, my life is in danger. My life is in danger. And their life is more important than your life to them. Whether or not they, they they know that they're racist or not. Whether it's an implicit or an explicit bias. Okay? So, if you want to survive. If you want to survive to live and, and talk, another, uh, talk on another day about what happened. You just have to comply. You just have to comply. You need, the, you need to allow the police to just make asses of themselves. Okay? If Jacob Blake after being tased, had just accepted, okay, I'm being tased right now. Whether or not he should have been tased, okay? Because apparently they, 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 the police were called in reaction to Jacob Blake, okay? He wasn't supposed to be there, and he did have a warrant out for his arrest, I believe, okay? If Jacob Blake had just said, okay, I'm being tased, I'm just going to comply, he would not have been shot, he would not have been shot. So it doesn't matter to me what is right in terms of your survival. We can talk about what is right when you are not in front of a police officer vulnerable 
ready to be snuffed out by their gun. We can talk about that afterwards. You get somebody to videotape the interaction. You want to raise the complete, you uh, raise the complaint. You want it to go viral. You aim it to new, you, you, you email it to news stations or whatever that can come after the fact, but you need to be a model citizen so that when people try to discredit you or your opinion or whatever, you can say, I complied with everything this officer said. They never explained to me why they arrested me or beat me or whatever. How do you explain that? How is that not racism? I did everything right as a citizen and I still received this treatment. When you come up with that argument, it is going to be much stronger than, oh, well, this man had a warrant out for his arrest and then reached into his car and was shot. It was because he's black. No one's going to believe that. Okay. I'm sorry. Even if, and once again, my opinion is that the shooting didn't have to happen, but not because Jacob Blake was black, but because this police officer failed to do his job correctly, right? My whole thing is that, um, I can't remember what I was saying. The point is, even if I did believe that Jacob Blake was shot because he was black, proving that becomes much harder because of the circumstances of his arrest. And, and I'm going to say this. And look, man, once again, honestly, when you put your knee on somebody's neck for eight minutes and 45 seconds, there is some malice in your heart, okay? But you know what's interesting? <sighs> the same line of reasoning applies to George Floyd. If George just complied and got into the cruiser, he would not have been on the ground with an officer's knee on his neck. Now, that is not to say that the officer should have put the knee on his neck. Okay? I don't believe you should have done that. And that is not to say that the officer is not racist. And because he doesn't, you know, view uh, uh, George Floyd as a human being, that he did that. Okay? That is not to say that if George Floyd was white, that would have been done to him, okay? I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is this. You would not have... The officer would not have the opportunity to do that to him if he had just complied. Just comply. Allow the police to make asses of themselves. And you will survive. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you don't run, if you don't struggle, if you, if you comply, you will survive. You may be beaten, you may be hurt, but at the very least, you will survive and tell your story on another day. And this is something that, that, uh, that I think that, 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 that we need to change. And I look, I don't even view myself as a part of black culture in the sense that I have not, I, I didn't grow up in a black neighborhood. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't even, I listen to, to, to rap and trap or whatever, but that does not make me, you know, a part of black culture or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't understand the way that they live their lives, uh, in, 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 in black communities really that well. You know what I mean? I, I have an idea of it because I have black friends and I've, and I've, I've gone to, 
I've spoken to people who live in black areas and, you know, they view things differently and they have like their, their slang and their way of living. But I am not somebody who is a part of black culture. You know what I mean? Especially not the black culture that exists in the United States. But one thing that I will say is that this whole like, you know, fuck the police and, 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 you know, uh, fuck 12 and, and, um, like these are things that are like a part of like hip hop culture, a part of black culture, rap culture. Right. And, and, um, the, uh, that can't run, man. It can't work anymore. We can't do, we can't think like that because when you think like that and you have the opportunity to interact with a police officer, you're not going to interact with them intelligently. You're going to interact with them combatively. The smart thing to do is to live. Not give them a reason to kill you. If you think they've done something wrong to you, you need to find a way to prove it. Not get into an altercation with them. So, so we need to change that narrative. We need to change... Like, people need to stop saying, you know, screw the police and, yo, you know what, you know, F, F pigs and whatever. It, it needs to be like, look, man, you need to be more Martin Luther King about this. It needs to be more peaceful protest pacifism and less like, I'm right, this is right, let's fight the police. Like, because if, if we keep pumping this other narrative of combative uh, interaction with the police and, oh, we don't talk to the police and don't snitch and all this, like... It's just going to make the chances of people doing dumb things when they interact with the police higher. And therefore, because of implicit bias, more black people will just be killed or shot. And I don't know how to get this, this message out there. I really don't know how I can tell young black men, like, look, you need to get to a point where a cop can call you a dirty, stinking you understand what I'm saying? Like, you need to get to a point where they need to be able to tell you that to your face and you don't react. Because when you react, guess what? The moment that they said that to you is probably not on camera, but your reaction will be. And when you get shot and killed, you would have been the only one who knew the cop said that to you. But guess what? You're dead. And now the cap, and now the cop gets off. But if you don't react and you report it, and it's a legitimate complaint, people might people might look into it. Maybe somebody overheard it, and your and your story is more credible because you're actually alive and didn't hit the police officer. But if somebody overheard overheard it, and then you fight them and then are killed. That witness's testimony is less credible. So, so you need to change. We need to reframe the culture, man. It's not about aggression and screw the police and no, what's right is right. And I don't care if you're a cop and I don't care if you have a gun. I'm going to fight you and I don't want to be arrested. Like you need to comply. And that's the smartest way too. It's the smartest way because you know what the truth of the matter is? That 
Experience while it will be painful for you, while it will hurt your ego, while it will damage your pride. In the long run, it will bolster all of those things. Because if enough of you do this, if enough of you do this and we can come up with en enough examples of black people not doing a damn thing but still getting messed around with, people will start to believe in implicit bias. And we can start to work from there, but, but it's not going to work if, 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 if you, if you, if you try to, if you try to claim that, that people are being shot because they're black when they're being shot because they're reaching into a car, it's not going to work. If you get up after being tased, you're giving them an excuse. Don't do that. Anyways, man, uh, I just really needed to say that. And I really hope, and I'm so serious. Look, man, I don't care if you don't like the rest of this podcast. If you don't like what comes before or what comes after this point, I don't care. I need you to share this with as many black people as you possibly can so that we can change the strategy and the narrative here. Because I'm tired of this, man. I'm tired of, 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 of black people getting killed and then somebody going, well, he, you know, he, he was killed because of ABC. Because the truth of the matter is it's like when somebody says that to you, they, they have a point. You can't argue that we need to make the argument for racial bias existing more concrete. And not just that, I would like you to survive. Please share this with young people so that they can just make it out alive, okay? Because let me tell you something, there are cops out there who don't believe that they are racist, right? But who also don't believe that implicit bias exists in them because they aren't explicitly racist, who will shoot a black person because their brain plays gymnastics on them and sees a black kid as a threat when he isn't. So you could die and, 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 and I, I don't want you to die. So I need people to, if you don't eat, look, you don't even have to share this video. Just take that point with you and share it with somebody, please. I'm tired of people getting killed, man. I'm tired of it. It's just, it's goddamn exhausting. It is exhausting, man. It is exhausting, seriously. Anyways, man. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about today was uh, the concept of uh, living with regrets. <laughs> Go listen to Regrets by Jay-Z. Great song. But. Honestly, man. Living with regrets. I'll, I'll tell you right now. It, I don't think that you ever do. Like live with them. Correctly. 
I don't think anybody gets over these things that they regret. I think that these things that they regret either lose importance or meaning by virtue of new things entering their life or they are always haunted by things. Because um, somebody saying something like, get over it, get over this regret, get over this thing that happened. I'm starting to believe that that that, uh, prescription is sort of ridiculous in that you don't regret something because you choose to regret it. And you don't regret something because you force yourself to think about it. You regret something irrespective of your choice. That's why regrets suck. And you remember it not because you want to, but because it is something that your brain throws in your face. If you could just lock your regrets in a vault and never see them again, I'm sure that you would. But even if you did that, the problem is when you opt to, um, what's the word, repress things like that, they inevitably come out again. And when they come out, it's going to be worse or, or, or just as bad. So, so I've started to think like perhaps the thing to do is not to just not think about the regret because that will just postpone the inevitable ripping of this bandaid. Perhaps the thing to do is to think about it over and over and over and over and over. And I mean, literally torture yourself with it. I mean, literally sit there and replay the regret over and over and over again until you become just desensitized to it. I've heard some people say that this is this is sort of what meditation is for. When you meditate, a lot of times your problems and things come into your mind and, and what you're trying to train your mind to do is not react to them anymore. But all that being said, if that's really true, you cannot learn to live with regrets. Like, unless you would define what I just described as learning to live with it. Because there's, there's no promise that even doing that meditation is going to remove the reaction to the regret entirely in that perhaps you regret the thing because your, your current life situation, socially, financially, or otherwise, is as a direct result of that regret that would mean that every day you wake up and are reminded just by virtue of living of why you regret something that is torture if your entire existence is built up upon a specific regret oh my god there's no way you can get away from that one how do you get away from that one
I do not have the answer for you. I'm telling you guys, this is something that I have experienced. Like there are things in my life that every day that I get up, I'm like, oh my God, like, wow. Just like another example of, and, and it's not really bad for me. Like there aren't a million things that I regret, but there are some things that I'm like, this is linked. This is linked to a part of my life that recurs often enough that forgetting it would be almost impossible. So what I'm saying is that I imagine there are people out there who have it even worse than me. And I don't know how you guys deal with it. If you're a person and you have like a, a serious regret, one serious regret, put it in the comments. I want to read these. I want you to tell me what it is that you regret. Get it out. You know, talk about it. And the problem, you know what I found interesting about regrets? People would say things like, if I could go back, if I could go back, I would do this differently or I would do this instead. You know what's interesting about that point? That is, that point only makes sense if you go back with the mind that you have now. The problem with the mind that you have now, going back there, as far as I saw like or see, is that let's say the maturity that you have now is a, is a direct result from the pain and suffering you derived from something that happened to you. Right? Barring that you couldn't actually go back with the mind that you have now, you would have to find a way to cultivate that mindset all those years ago. Right? But that would mean that you would have had to go through some sort of pain or suffering or some some event similar enough to that to get you the mindset that you have now at that time. So if you wanted to go back to 16 years old, but you weren't allowed to take your mindset with you, you would have had to go through something at like 14 that would have given you the mindset that you have now at 16 in order to make your experience at that age better. Unless in this scenario, you can just go back with the mindset that you have now. But what that says to me is that like, it wouldn't matter if you could go back in time. Like if you couldn't go back with the mindset that you have, it wouldn't matter if you could go back. You would probably just make the same stupid decisions or a variation of those stupid decisions that would lead you to a similar place. In which case there's no point in regretting anything because you were an idiot. And that's one thing I will say, I don't get mad at idiots. If you're dumb and you do something to piss me off, but I know you're dumb, like I, I'm not mad at you. I'm pissed off at the thing that you did. Cause the truth is if someone is really stupid, you can't be mad at them because that's like being mad at a mentally handicapped person or a child. Like they're dumb. How are you going to be mad? They clearly don't like understand like what they're doing, right? They're not a full like functioning being, I guess, in that moment. 
which would mean that you can't be mad at yourself for what you did in the past, and therefore there's no reason to have regrets because you had no choice but to be an idiot because you were one. It doesn't feel like that, but the truth is, it's almost like regrets don't make any sense in that you just, you, you couldn't have done better. Like, there's no way, like, even if you went back, there would probably just be a variations variation of decisions that you would also regret, not because you're, you know, just garbage or whatever, or maybe you were garbage, but the point is that you were garbage because you were an idiot, or that you did things because you were stupid, right? Or because you didn't have the right perspective. But there was no way for you to have that perspective. Because the only reason you have the perspective that you have now is because you've gone through this arduous journey. And there's no way that you would have gone through that arduous journey at 14 years old to make it so that you had this mindset at 16 years old. So it's just futile. That is the only way I have like thought of this week that you could sort of get past regrets without having to ruminate over them millions of times in meditation. I don't know if that made sense. I hope it made sense. I think it made sense. But that is a thought that I had. You were an idiot. If you regret anything, just accept that you were an idiot. And that is why you did the things that you did. You were dumb. And you can't be mad at yourself because you were an idiot. Or you're, maybe, maybe you were an asshole, but you were an asshole because you were probably an idiot. So it's just, it, it is all reduced to the fact that you just could not have been a better human being at that time by virtue of the fact that your experiences were limited in such a way that you had no choice but to be inexperienced enough to not have the proper mindset. Or maybe you didn't have, you know, guidance or whatever, or I don't know. Do you think that Logan Paul went into a suicide forest because he was smart? No, he was, he was being an idiot. He regrets the decision. He was being stupid. He wasn't thinking about the implications of his decision. Now, do I think that Logan Paul is fundamentally a horrible human being? No, I don't. He seems to have changed. Could he be faking it? Maybe. Do I think that you can go from being a fundamentally horrible human being to being a decent human being? I think so. I think that I was a pretty awful human being at one point in time, and now I'm not bad. So maybe I'm saying all of this just to make myself feel better. But the point is this. Regrets suck, and... Uh, I don't think that you live with them so much as you either, because I've tried meditation, right? So for me, it's like, uh, I guess it kind of helped, but uh, there are some things that you just have to dismiss. Like there are some regrets maybe that you can live with, but I think that there are other regrets that you just have to dismiss. Like, okay, you, you know, when you were a kid, you fell down a hill and, and got covered in dung and had to sit on the bus with everybody else. And that actually happened to me. And you smelled like, you know, literal literal poo and then your mother had to bring you you know fresh clothes you feel bad about that no well why oh well i was a kid i was an idiot i walked on the hill with dung oh well same thing i think that the, the regrets 
either naturally reach a point of like where they're just not relevant and they're dismissed or you dismiss them because you can recognize before the point that they're not relevant to you that they're you were you were just dumb anyways man this podcast was like man i don't know i was speaking at a thousand miles an hour i don't know what went on i don't know what went on today but i really went off on like a on like a 50 premise three conclusion rant on like three topics there and guess what guys we're over an hour (laughs) i always say that it's not gonna be an hour and then it's an hour every time (laughs) i think i think we've had a 40 minute my mouth does the talking one time i think once maybe twice but i really think it's once anyways man if you like this podcast, give it a like, you know, if you like the YouTube video, like it. If you want to hear just the podcast and you don't want to have to see my beautiful face, then you can just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and various other podcasting platforms. If you want to send me a message on Instagram or Twitter, then you can find me at The Combat Addict. No spaces. No spaces. We don't do that here. We don't do spaces. Um, if you want me to talk about something, if you'd like a request for a video or something to be included on a podcast, just message me. Bam. Slam it in the comments. Hit the comment button. Smash, 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 smash that comment button. Slam that bad boy. Brutalize that comment button. I want you to rock'em, sock'em, robot that comment button. I want that comment button to walk with a limp for the next week. I want that comment button to press charges and sentence you to 10 years in prison with two years of probation for good behavior. That's what I want that comment button to do. I want that comment button to ruin. (laughs) I want that comment button to ruin your chances at gainful employment because you have a criminal record. I want that comment button. I want that comment button to turn you into a felon so that you can't even go anywhere other than your your country's states or provinces. <laughs> I want that comment button to force you to make a mixtape, which then allows you to have a successful music career under Shady Records, where you talk about the time that you shanked somebody in a prison cell. <laughs> Then I want you to be a positive, upstanding member of your community and start signing other artists. <laughs> this is really, this is really, uh, I've taken this very far. <laughs> I've taken this very far. Wow. 
I don't know, man. I thought that was really funny. Anyways. Combat Addict out.